Hi, this is Mark Morin with the 206.com podcast, and today I am speaking with director and screenwriter Nick Nevada. Nick, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, Mark. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Now, the purpose of why we're here talking today is there's a new movie that's out now called Words on Bathroom Walls, and you adapted the screenplay for this movie. So thank you for taking some time to talk about this movie. I had a chance to see it recently and loved it. Thought it was great acting, great story all the way around. So I was really excited to have a chance to speak to you about it. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, definitely. So first thing I wanted to ask you is, so you adapted the screenplay from a book. Now you had made your directorial debut was a movie called Say You Will, which you and I talked about a couple years ago when it came out to the mm-hmm. Seattle Film Festival. What are some differences that you can point to of being the actual director and writer and being in, I guess, from what my perspective right now and asking the question is in like total control of that process to being the screenwriter and then having some being on set and just in a different way. Can you describe that difference? Yeah, when you, you know, when you write and direct a film, you know, you, you, you're there from, you know, the very beginning from the blank page to seeing through the vision, you know, visually and then post-production and release and, you know, and all that. Whereas this particular project, you know, this is something that I was hired to write. And it was, it's at a certain point, you know, you have to give up a certain amount of control that maybe you're used to when you're directing a film. But at the same time, I mean, there's, there's also like gifts in that as well. And that after I finished the script, you hand it off to our director, Tor Freudenthal, who's a great guy, very talented director. I was able to kind of watch from the sidelines him visualize and invent this film that, you know, we had been looking at on the page. And through watching him and his process, I was able to learn a lot about the filmmaking process because I had only made a tiny micro micro budget film and a <laughs> right. much bigger film and seeing him put together the film on a much bigger canvas it was uh, very educational for me and then working with the producers on this film Mickey Liddell and Pete Shalman who produced a lot of films being able to work with them you know as a writer but also seeing the pre-production and production and, and all of those elements through their eyes it was really kind of a win-win for me I got to really soak it up and like a sponge and and learn a lot throughout the whole process. Second question for you, and I want to stick with Say You Will just slightly as we lean into Words on Bathroom Walls. The subject matter for Say You Will and Words on Bathroom Walls, essentially they're teen kind of romance, coming of age, dramedy, I guess, not not a full-blown comedy, not a full-blown drama, a little bit of each. Now, when I think of your typical teenage coming of age, like sometimes one of the main points of the story is they're on a journey to lose their virginity or yeah. how, much can, how much can they drink on a given night before graduation or something. Now, the two films that you've worked on, Say You Will and Words on Bathroom Walls, are a little more heavy hitting when it comes to subject matter. Like Say You Will dealt some with suicide. Uh, this movie, which we're going to get into this topic more, is dealing with schizophrenia. Is that something that's just kind of happened with these two projects for you? Or is that something that you were mindful of is to really present these type of topics in a way that can that can reach out to people? Yeah, I think they're, you know, with these projects that are, you know, about sort of the inner lives of, uh, of teenagers, you know, I, I just, I think I gravitate towards these kinds of stories about teens that are that are sort of coming of age through grief or, or trauma or, you know, because uh, I just feel like maybe it's a little bit closer to my own personal experience. You know, when I was a teenager, you know, I lost 
my dad and, you know, my mom, me, my mom, and my sister. And, you know, I kind of came of age through that kind of pivotal event in my life. And so I think I've always gravitated towards stories that kind of uh, ex explore that. You know, I always feel like, you know, when you're making a movie about teenagers, uh, I, you know, maybe this sounds cheesy, but I've always really identified with that phrase, be the person you needed when you were younger. To try and tell stories from the path that you've carved, you know what I mean? From your own personal experiences that can, you know, maybe shed light on things that are a little bit more difficult for teenagers to talk about, you know, schizophrenia, you know, mental illness being one of them with this movie. So yeah, I always try and approach it not in a way to be didactic or to, to preach or anything like that, but just there's such strength in numbers and not feeling like you're alone. Uh, inside your head. And so I think that's sort of one of the reasons why I gravitate maybe more towards this kind of subject matter. No, that's good. And one of the things that I really like about both of the movies is they are very entertaining and fun. It's not heavy handed. It's not overly dramatic. So if you found a way to tell these stories in a in a way that's engaging and really, you know, for my part, when I watched the movie, I was just, you know, on it the whole time, just watching it all the way through. There was never a point where I was like, okay, let's let's move along here. Let's get a little, little heavy. It was really entertaining. And I think part of that as well is the amazing cast that was put together for Words on Bathroom Walls. I mean, the movie stars Charlie Plummer as actor. Adam, who plays the teenage boy who has schizophrenia and is dealing with it. And then Taylor Russell as Maya. I mean, that's an amazing one-two punch right there. And then, you know, we'll get into some of the cast I want to ask you about in a, in a little bit as well. But mm -hmm. um, Charlie Plummer specifically, what was the process of bringing him in for that role? Because it seemed like he was perfectly suited to play the character. Yeah, well, he, um, when I had handed in the script and L.D., had essentially given it the green light with tour to direct you know we knew we needed to find somebody incredible for this role you know it's such a demanding role he's in every scene of the film and, and within every scene he's playing within two different realities it was a lot he was just coming off of all the money in the world the ridley scott film and we had all seen that, and I had seen him earlier in King Jack, which is an incredible oh, yeah. film. And I just, uh, I think Mickey Liddell might have been the person who flagged him first for us. And then I went back and I watched, I rewatched King Jack, and I was like, man, he is something <laughs> else. He's so honest, and so just, I just, I believe every moment of, uh, you know, of every one of his performances. Yeah. And so, yeah, he read the script pretty quickly and signed on to the project. He, you know, he met with Tor and they hit it off and he loved the character and he loved the book. Uh, he was the first one to come aboard and he took it so, so deeply seriously, you know, and he, he showed up to set super prepared, having done his homework, talked to the right people, done his research. And I think it shows in the performance. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a really difficult, very unflinchingly honest depiction of this, of this illness. And there really isn't much theatrical reference material for him to have used. Um, you know, because there's not a lot of movies that at least present the schizophrenia in the way that, that you guys did in this movie. So that's impressive that he was able to bring out that performance. And that's the other thing I wanted to ask you about. Like, I haven't read the book, so I don't really know exactly how the story is presented in the book, but or how similar it is to how yeah. you translated it to the movie. But I thought the way he dealt with schizophrenia and the way it affected him, and everybody knows a little bit about schizophrenia and how you hear voices and 
what I thought the movie did brilliantly was presenting it in a way that's so understandable. You look at it, how it plays out in the movie, and you're like, okay, I get how somebody acts like that, you know, when they have episodes and when they have breakdowns. It really makes more sense now. So was that something that really came from the book or was that something that was created for the film? I think that there are a lot of different elements that came into play. But first and foremost, we wouldn't have a movie without Julia Walton's beautiful, beautiful right. novel that first sparked all of this. And I think a lot of that, a lot of the world and the kind of authenticity of Adam's experiences with schizophrenia come from the book. That's what I love so much about it, is that it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a tearjerker romantic YA. It was a, it was really focused on this kid going through this medical trial yeah. and how he hides himself from the people from you know from his new community yeah. and it's almost a kind of a coming out story with his mental illness and you know and him you know learning to accept himself for who he is and all of that came from the book then it's one of the reasons why I fell in love with this project and we definitely changed some things, you know, like I always joke that um, the book is kind of aggressively anti-movie and that <laughs> in that it's it's a series of diary entries that Adam is writing to his therapist. So that is sort of where we get the device of him talking to the audience and how we're able to mine the character's voice from the book that I just fell so deeply in love with. It's just, you know, his sort of sense of, you know, his pathos and his sort of sense of humor and so heartfelt, but also like a little bit snarky and he doesn't take himself too seriously. And I just love that and related to it so much. And that was really important to all of us is to maintain that in the story. And that was, that is why we decided to have that device of him speaking directly to the therapist. But then I will say, I wrote this, you know, I adapted the book and we made up changes because it can't just be a series of him talking to the audience via <laughs> letters to his therapist. So right. we took key moments from the book and kind of expanded them out. And then my hat is off to tour because he really brought all of this to life and just in just such a uniquely visual way. You know, the movie is just so visually unique and it has its own language and feeling to it. And just the way that he handled all of these scenes in regards to the schizophrenia were just more than I could have even imagined, honestly. I was very impressed when I saw the cut of the film. Yeah, that's one thing I was really impressed with too, is just the storytelling aspect of it. It, is a, it feels like those classic, you know, 90s, early 2000s coming of age comedies. And, you know, the one that was it Never Been Kissed is actually specifically referenced in the movie. Yeah. And it, it definitely kind of has that similar tone. You know, and there's so much going on in the story as well. And, you know, there's family dynamics going on with the broken households with stepdad and friendships, the story between him and Maya. And then, you know, even culture, bullying, is touched on in the story. What was the process of making sure that so many things were able to be touched on in writing the story? You know, it really just came organically, taking a lot of cues from what works so well in the book, you know, and expanding upon that. You know, I do think it's interesting. You know, it wasn't until I saw the finished film where I was like, wow, there is so much going on in this movie. And that's actually one of the things I'm most excited about. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the trailer and the, the marketing <laughs> that Roadside has put together for this. Yeah. I think it's really smart and it's really sweet, but they're advertising it as a more of a, a, like a traditional romance. And I think I'm more, I'm really excited for people to see all that there is in this movie. Yeah. 
because there is a lot that's being left out. And that's the one thing I noticed in watching the trailer is they really focus on the romance between Adam and Maya. Now she, the actress, Taylor Russell, who plays Maya, she's been on fire the last couple years. She's been, you know, she did Waves, which, you know, is just a fantastic movie. Uh, yeah. She was in Escape Room, which was great. And I understand mm -hmm. that's becoming a franchise. What was the process of bringing her into the film as well? I mean, we felt similarly about her, about Maya, than we did Adam, you know, that we just, we really needed to find somebody who was great, you know, who was incredible, who could play these, you know, all of the complexity of this character, you know, because she has a, a very rich kind of inner life going on that we sort of unravel as the story goes on. So for Charlie, it was something that we had sent to him. And for Taylor, we had, it was very traditional and that, uh, you know, a lot of girls came in to audition for the role. We all, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were all sitting in the conference room at LD's offices and we got sent a bunch of people who put themselves on tape and I can't remember who it was that said they really liked Taylor. Mm -hmm. And we all sat down and we watched her tape together. It was like me, Tor, and the producers. And we all kind of just looked at each other and we were like, yeah, this is Maya. Yeah. She was, it was like one of the best on tape auditions I'd ever seen. It was so, it was so good and so real. And that's just who she is as an actor too. Her and Charlie are very similar in that way. Nothing matters outside of honesty, finding the honesty within the moment and, you know, giving them the space to find it and, and play with it. You know, they were just, they were both so serious on set and they took it so seriously. And I just think, I just think all the work that they put into their role shows, I just love their performances. The other thing I wanted to talk about with the cast was we had Walton Goggins, Andy Garcia, and Anna Sophia Robb, which Anna Sophia Robb I thought was fantastic in the movie. Now, I hesitate a little bit to really go into detail in talking about that because I really liked the, she. what I'll say is she's one of the voices in yes. Adam's head, and, but I don't really want to go into that and explain it because for me, it was fun to really see that open up his, you know, into his world, into the story. So, but can you talk a little bit about the other, you know, those people that I mentioned, the performances in the story as well? Yeah, I mean, this, I, I, feel, I feel like a broken record a little bit, but I just, <laughs> I just feel like we just lucked out with this cast. Everybody was incredible. Everybody came together to make the same movie. You know what I mean? Which was a very sweet, kind of soulful, empathetic take on a very misunderstood and stigmatized mental illness. And uh, everybody brought that to the table. Anna Sophia, Devin Bostic, you know, uh, Lobo plays Bodyguard, you know, Walton, Molly Parker, you know, everybody came to the table and took it so seriously. Mm -hmm. And it was a joy to, to work with them. Everybody, you know, everybody just loved the material, loved the story and got along and and we all enjoyed making the movie together. Yeah, it was it was great. When people are watching the movie and they're seeing all of this story unfold, you know, you've written the story, you've put so much of your personal experience into the movie and, you know, just creative energy. What would you say is like the number one thing that you wanted people to to feel when they're walking out of the theater? Oh gosh, you know, that's tough. I mean, first and foremost, I just hope they walk away with a better understanding of what schizophrenia is. You know, I knew going into it that it was a pretty stigmatized and misunderstood illness, but I guess I don't really, I don't think I understood the extent of it until I started writing the script and doing my research and speaking with therapists and people living with the illness. And so I think, you know, number one for me was just, I want people to walk away understanding this a bit more and that these people who are living with this illness are just that you know they're 
people like you and I who have dreams and desires and, you know, and want love and have, you know, and they deserve all of these things. And they have a, you know, they have a really depending on, you know, it's one of the things about schizophrenia. It's like, it's not really the same illness for everyone. It varies drastically from person to person, but we try to capture kind of all of the hallmarks of the illness itself in hopes of people seeing the movie and just having a greater understanding of what it is, you know, and having empathy for them. And just maybe it could inspire them to go out into the world and do their part to destigmatize it as well in how they interact with people in their lives who have schizophrenia or who know somebody who has schizophrenia or, you know, maybe even, you know, we see news reports and all, you know, and all, you know, all this stuff and just have a greater understanding of the illness itself. That's one of the things that you did so well and the entire cast and crew did so well is humanizing Adam and helping to understand what it means to have schizophrenia. Not only that, but what it means for the people around them to live with somebody with schizophrenia. So I would I would applaud you for conveying that so well in the movie. So job well done there. Thank you. And that that's a big part of it is like, we really wanted this film to have a real kind of 360 view of not just Adam and people who live with this illness, but people in their lives who are going through it with them, you know, and it has this kind of uplifting message to it that it's like, yeah, like Adam has a tough road ahead. He's going to get on and off medications and hopefully he can find one that works. But at the end of the day, you know, what really I don't want to say saves Adam, but what really it's the people in his life that are showing up for him and being there for him. I think that message itself is really important. It's like if you are dealing with these things, I think, and this is universal amongst people that I talk to who live with schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. is so much of what gets them through all of the really difficult stuff is the people in their lives who support them, whether it's family, friends, you know, and how important it is to open your heart to people, you know, and let them let them show up for you because they will that they'll want to. That's my view. Anything else that you want to add about the movie or making of the movie or messaging of the movie? I'm really excited for people to see it. The hope for all of us was that, you know, that it's a very positive and, you know, an uplifting film about a very, you know, misunderstood illness. And I hope that people can walk away feeling, you know, a certain sense of understanding and empathy. And yeah. Nick, thank you for taking some time to talk about Words on Bathroom Walls. Job well done, and I hope the release goes well. Thanks, Mark. This is Mark Morin speaking with Nick Nevada, screenwriter for Words on Bathroom Walls. Thank you for listening to the 206.com podcast.